Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, bold move expert and coming out coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 closet dwellers and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and today I want you to think about something. I want you to think about if you've ever wished you could just find some place where you felt like you could learn, you could grow, you could let go, you could really connect with, well, what I would call your absolute bliss and also find ecstatic pleasure. And I know that sounds really great, but then sometimes you find yourself stopping yourself from going after something like that, or maybe you find other people stopping you from going after stuff like that because they think it's wrong or it's taboo, or quite often we stop ourselves because it's really scary. It's scary to let ourselves be ourselves, and it's really scary to realize that maybe, maybe what we're trying to do is step into that spiritual place of who we truly are. So today I wanted to take you to that place where we can explore things. And I'm going to be really honest. Some of what we may talk about today may go into the taboo area. Some of it may be very explicit. But what I believe is the more raw and real that we are, the more we step into our spirituality, our sexuality, our truth of who we are as human beings, the more real we can be in the world. And today I'm bringing a guy on who we've been chatting for a couple of years back and forth. And um, I'm not going to tell you a whole lot because I don't want to set a tone and have you go, oh, no, I don't want to do this. But what I love about him is he, he calls himself a sacred whore, and I love it because I think there's so much built into that between who he is, what he does for work, how he shows up in the world, and how he truly allows his own spirituality to be shown. So I'm really excited to have Lance Navarro join me here on the podcast today, and welcome to the podcast, Lance. So glad to have you here, man. Hey, Rick. Thank, oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. You know, we've been working at this for a couple of years, and I, I can't even remember how long ago we <laughs> kind of ran across each other. And um, to be honest, folks, I was going to have him on when the podcast was called The Coming Out Lounge, and life and stuff just kind of kept moving forward. And then we reconnected recently. We actually, um, he was working as part of the road crew, the moto crew on the life cycle ride from San Francisco to LA. And um, we actually got to meet in person for the very first time. And that's um, kind of what spawned this. Let's get this done. So um, again, just glad to have you here, man. So let's kind of step into where this kind of begins for you, because I know things I know about you are you're a very spiritually minded guy. So let's kind of step in from maybe that space. When did you realize that being your spiritual self really was something that was a driving force in your life and it drove everything else for who and what you do in your life? Hmm. Um, well, I think it's always been in my nature to take care of other people. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm a cancer. I'm a cancer. So it comes pretty natural. Um, I think in, in, in the first part of my life, I, I definitely manifested that in relationships and definitely got into relationships with people who needed help. They needed somebody there to help them. Um, and needless to say, as so often is the case in such relationships, um, a lot of codependency can develop. <laughs> um, so I think um, I feel very blessed now that I'm able to sort of 
get that need, get that part of myself out through my work. Mm-hmm. And it actually allows me to, to have relationships that are much more uh, balanced, I guess. <laughs> um, but I, um, you know, my, um, my previous life, as I see it, um, I was in retail management. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, my, my, my degrees in fashion merchandising. It was, you know, it, was, it, was, it, it, seemed, it seemed something I enjoyed, fashion. Sure. Um, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a predictable, you know, corporate ladder type job, you know, where I could climb up and eventually become a buyer. So I, I really thought that's what I wanted with my life. I had spent my years studying to get there. Um, and then I got laid off. I was in a pretty decent management position and I got laid off and it seemed, uh, it was, it was devastating. I was like, I'm going to have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like four years just down the drain. All right. Um, but during that unemployment, a friend um, recommended I go to this uh, massage workshop, this weekend massage workshop, uh, being led by a, a man that he knew. And uh, and um, I said, yeah, yeah that, that actually sounds really cool. And I didn't have a lot of money at the time. The guy who led it actually um, let me join the class for free. Just said, just bring some positive energy. That can be your contribution to the space. And I'm so very blessed to this day uh, that uh, Mr. James Dixon, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're listening to this, thank you because you helped me set a new pace for my life. But through that, I, I discovered I really enjoyed what I could do with my hands and, and being able to touch people and, and have intimacy and embrace more intimacy in my life, bring it to their life. And, um, and that was just the beginning of, of, of a whole new part of my life. I was like, I can, never, I can never just be in a store selling things ever again. I'm never going to find my bliss in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to have to take a chance here, take a chance with my career, with my life, with so many things, with my heart. Um, but that's, that, that's the only way that I'm going to find happiness. So. You know, it's so, so powerful to hear you say this because I think for many of us, we don't listen to those pieces of our lives. We don't listen to those voices when they show up. And when you said, you know, I, I can never find my bliss doing this in a store, but yet that whole intimacy piece and touching someone through the art of massage is something that teaches us so much about ourselves because it is a very intimate experience. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've, yeah. I have friends and actually my own mother who's like, oh, no, I can never let somebody else touch my body. And, and <laughs> so I realized, you know, for different people, it's, it's going to whatever it's going to bring up for them, it's going to bring up for them. But this intimacy, yeah. piece, what I heard in that, Lance, as you were describing it was it sounds like as you went through that exploration and then now that you've begun to make this or it is part of your life work, it kind of signaled to me that there was an intimate part of yourself you discovered through that training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I consider myself to, to have still been quite young at that point. I mean, I was, I was 29 or 30. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I still didn't quite grasp, um, what intimacy was, um, in truth. I mean, you know, the, the separation between intimacy and sex and erotic and sensuality, the different levels. Um, but that intimacy is really about vulnerability. Um, it's allowing yourself to be vulnerable and, and that's a matter of facing your fears. Um, and you never really, I don't think you really can fully embrace the depth of intimacy until you have allowed yourself to, to, to be as vulnerable as that. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and that I, this, this is why, you know, my work, whether it be in uh, massage or, or, or sex work, um, is, uh, is so beautiful to me because that vulnerability, when somebody allows themselves to just be completely vulnerable with me and trusting me and feeling safe with me, like that's, that's beauty. Yeah, and that's and that's where and that's where the soul resides. Mm-hmm. I think I believe yeah. that too. And what I find so powerful, especially with gay men, um, is so many of them haven't learned this intimate C piece to allow themselves to be mm-hmm. vulnerable, and then suddenly they keep walking away from relationships or don't allow themselves to walk into relationships because they haven't even begun to be vulnerable with themselves. And then they wonder, oh, why can't I connect? Why can't I find somebody? It's because they won't drop the shield and say, okay, yeah. here I am. Oh, yeah. And in your yeah. work as a massage therapist and as a sex worker, it's oftentimes the people who really want that the most, like, I just need to be vulnerable, but this is the only place I feel safe to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people would criticize this kind of work. I personally see it as, a space of let's look at what somebody's really doing here. <laughs> to me, it's no different mm-hmm. than you're going to walk into a therapist office and then you're going to, okay, yes, you're not going to be naked in your therapist's office. Maybe you will, who knows, <laughs> but in your truth, you're going to be naked because you're sharing something with this person that maybe you don't share with anybody else. And it's the only place mm-hmm. that you feel safe. It's the only place that you feel secure. So I'm assuming just because I've, you know, I've interviewed a couple other of my friends who are in the same you know, line of work. A lot of times that's what these people are coming for is this is a place I feel safe. This is where I can find myself. This is a place where I can explore because I don't feel safe doing this anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I always hope that time with me for my client is not a crutch. You know, my hope is certainly that they are learning something and that through that they're bettering themselves in their world, you know, and, and hopefully they're learning the skills that will allow them to develop relationships with other people outside, you know, uh, intimate and sexual relationships mm-hmm. outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also, you know, but, but at the same time, my, my feeling, my responsibility, and that is simply providing that space. What they do with it from there is up to them. Um, cause I definitely think, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of clients don't come to me thinking this is therapy, mm-hmm. but if something happens, if something takes place, you know, in their heart, in their mind, in their, in their, in their, in their cur- courageousness in, in the world, um, then I, you know, I think something deeply therapeutic took place <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's almost always the case. I mean, they certainly, you know. Uh, you know, and like, but sort of like you were saying, you know, whether they're going to a talk therapist to talk about the problems or they're coming to me to, to work through something or just to better themselves, you know, if they walk out feeling better, then I think therapy just took place. And, uh, you know, and it's not always to say too, that if they go to a talk therapist that, that they're necessarily, you know, it's still up to them to do the work. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, they, as my clients come to me as a coach, it's like, you know, people are like, well, what are you going to, how are you going to help me? Uh, and my standard answer is I'm going to help you as much as you're willing to help yourself. I'm the yeah, con. Exactly. I'm going to ask the questions. I'm going to push the boundaries. I'm going to see things from a different perspective. And yes, from time to time, I may give you some advice based on things that I've seen work for other clients or maybe some things I've observed in my own life. But the whole point of the work is for you to do the work 
And I love that you and I actually do very similar stuff. We just do it from different angles of life. And exactly. it's, it's about someone coming to their naked truth, <laughs> bottom mm-hmm. line, whether they're actually naked or they're not. And I was talking, right. <laughs> I was actually talking with a client last week and, and you know, this podcast came up in the conversation because this particular client has been utilizing escorts to find his way into himself. And he's dealing with a huge amount of guilt and shame around that. And I said to him, I said, if you hadn't found this avenue to explore who you are, how would you have done it? And he said, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have. I said, so let, let, let's put this in, let's put this in a really big frame then, because the big frame is if you hadn't done it, how much more miserable, how much more unhappy, how much more confused and questioning and, you know, stressed out would you be had you not started this? And he goes, that's very true because it created the space. Now, I love that you said you hope that your clients don't begin to use you as a crutch just as I do. I hope the same, same thing. And when I start feeling like a client is starting to use me as a crutch, we have some pretty serious conversations. I will actually say, yeah. well, what if I were to disappear tomorrow and, and you couldn't come to a session with me ever again? What would you do? It's kind of that wake up call. You know, it's like, let's snap out of this and see what happens for you. I think the work you do is really beautiful because you provide that safe space, regardless of what others think, for someone to come and figure things out. Even if figuring things out is to feel sexually alive, to feel good about themselves as a sexual being. There's so much shame in the world around this sexual being stuff. And I feel like people who are in the sex working space just provide that space for someone to come heal. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, and I tell anybody who sort of tries to challenge the work that I do and, uh, you know, um, trying to sort of challenge it, uh, morally, ethically, whatever have you. Um, usually I just cut them off cause they're not actually, they're just, you know, I always say I, I'm more than happy to have a conversation, but I'm not going to have an argument, you right. know, cause it's, right. it's, there's no, there's no design there that's going to help anybody out. Just two people trying to prove the point, but I just say, you know, you know, a theme in this world is that time is money. You know, uh, some people would rather clean their own house. Some people would rather hire a cleaner. Some people would rather spend eight hours on grinder. Some people would rather just choose somebody that they know will be there on time, that they'll have a great time with and not spend hours a day because they don't have that luxury of time, but they perhaps have the luxury of money though. Honestly, like I would say the majority of my clients are very middle income. I mean, they save their money. Mm-hmm. Just so that we can spend time together because it's yeah. an important part of their health and their happiness and their well-being. You know, it's not all wealthy. It's not all old. I have a lot of clients in their early mid twenties. Um, I have some clients that you would just drool over if you saw them on the street. <laughs> like, you know, it's uh, the stereotype of what a client looks like or what their demographic is is just total bullshit. <laughs> so well, I just like I always I like to it- sort of. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's very similar, though, to what people think people come to a coach for or for a therapist. They, they have this picture. Yeah. And the thing is, is mm-hmm. the picture is different. I mean, if I look at my clients, they range anywhere from 20s to 70s. Um, some of them are coming out of the closet. Others of them have been out of the closet. Others aren't coming out of the closet as gay or bi. They're like, hey, I'm stuck. I really need some help figuring out what this next big thing I'm going to do in my life is. And I, I just can't seem to find it. And 
I find it so fascinating that this piece, and I know you, you get it too, this piece of sex being this just thing that we can't seem to get past in society is such a mm-hmm. hang up. It's such a huge hang up. It's like, why can't we just yeah. recognize that this is a part of being human? And if some people need this for, for themselves to move forward and the only way they can do it is to pay for it, then let that be their norm. It's no different than, hey, some people need a physical trainer and the only way they're ever going to get a shape is to pay to have a physical trainer. It is the time for money um, perspective. Yeah, exactly. So what have you found most challenging for yourself as you started to awaken to this, oh, wow, here's where I'm going. I know you said you had the beautiful, wow, the touching and the intimacy piece, but I'm just curious, is there something as you moved on into taking this further, was there some own, your own challenges you had to go through to go, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing for my work? Um, Well, um, so basically I, um, after going through the workshop, I ended up going to massage school pursuing that. Um, at that point, I, I mean, I was very, very, I was really very open to doing, a, doing more than just therapeutic massage work. Um, uh, the first, you know, first six months that I was doing massage, though, I was in a relationship that was um, monogamous, but yet sexless. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's such an unfair thing to do to, to, to one another. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. After leaving that, after leaving that relationship, and I very, very soon thereafter, um, open myself up to doing to doing more erotic work um you know i think definitely i mean even though i was 30 so i think i was already more open-minded about about you know body types and different people you know i think i was i was definitely more able to see the beauty in almost anybody um but yet there was certainly an adjustment period there when i would see clients that you know were not in great shape and you know perhaps had things about them that, that weren't, uh, you know, that could be distracting or, um, quote unquote turnoffs. Um, but I think definitely that ability to start looking at somebody and rather than picking out the parts that are flawed and not, you know, up to our, you know, our standards of beauty, really able to truly focus on what's beautiful about each person. And, um, and I even use that kind of as a lesson with clients who are talking about, you know, what they're attracted to, who they're attracted to and, you know, and who they, who they want to date. And it seems like they have a very, very limited scope of what they consider attractive. And I'll challenge them to walk into a bar and just look around that room and pick out something beautiful about every single person you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hopefully in time you'll actually, because usually those people who are so picky about other people are, in, in, are very negative at themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't have very good self image and, Hopefully by doing that with the world, one will begin to do that with themselves as well. Well, so, and um, most people who have that negativity, they don't realize that that negativity about themselves, even though if they don't consciously realize it, is so much of what's causing them pain in life, whether it's pain in their own ability to connect, pain to lose weight or gain weight, pain to get past aches and pains in their bodies. It's this, oh, I don't love myself, I don't care for myself, so I'm going to point it out in everybody else. It's that outward projection that actually causes most of the internal pain, whether it's psychological or physical, and a lot of people don't put those two pieces together. And then they struggle and struggle and struggle. 
And what I love about how yeah. you're approaching this is you see this from a holistic approach. You see it mm-hmm. from, okay, we may do a true therapeutic massage and then it may turn into erotic or sensual or a full blown sexual encounter. But in that moment, and I know that's not how it works. I know people sign up and say, this is what I'm looking for. I don't want to mislead you. Yeah, yeah, but here's how this works, you know. Um, and Lance has a little tip that goes, okay, well, oh, we just moved in here, so now you got to pay me more. No, it, it's very understandable <laughs> what the arrangement is. But what I yeah. love about the ability to offer this to someone is so that they can then step into who they are in the way that best fits for them. And again, for those of you listening who may be going, I don't buy this, I don't agree with this, that's great. That's your perspective. However, think of your own life. Think of somewhere in your own life where someone's going, I can't believe you pay somebody to do that. I mean, there's people I know who criticize people for like, I can't believe you pay somebody to clean your house. What are you doing? You got like a 600 square foot place. Every one of us pays for something in our lives. Yeah that somebody else is going to criticize. It would consider frivolous. I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, I think, I think going to Starbucks twice a day and spending, you know, $5 on your coffee. I'm like, you're spending $300 a month on coffee. Like I make, mm-hmm. you know, I have two cups of coffee at home in the morning and that's pretty much it, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm never going to judge somebody for enjoying, you know, a nice overpriced cup of coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. both in the morning and the afternoon, you know, it's, it's right. um, and yeah, I think absolutely. people, People do this a lot, I know, and I'm human too. I'm not saying, oh, here, here's Rick. Rick and Lance sit up here on this beautiful space and we don't do this. We, of course we do. We're human beings. But what we don't make room for is to realize I'm a human and you're a human, and especially in this day and age because where we are, and I don't even want to go down that route of where we are in our, our country here in the U.S. and where we are in the world, but there's mm-hmm. so much deep criticism at this point without even thinking about, wait, let's think about what we're criticizing here, and then back to the old saying – those who live in, you know, glass homes shouldn't throw rocks. It's that same exact thing. And yeah, I mean, and I, I would be, I would be uh, irresponsible at this point if I did not uh, bring up the SESTA and FOSTA bills that passed mm-hmm. a few months back. That um, for anybody who does not know, we're, we're you know, we're we're designed with a good heart as an as a as a way of of uh, of um, trying to you know um, address human trafficking, but are, but is essentially going after anybody who does sex work, consensual adult sex workers are being hurt. Their advertising platforms are being taken down. Um, mm-hmm. They're being, you know, essentially potentially pushed that back out onto the streets mm-hmm. because they can no longer advertise online. And these are, you know, these are good people who are, who, have, you know, are not being pimped and are not, you know, are, are adults who are making decisions for themselves. And, um, and it's really, you know, but it's, that's the problem is, is you can have a feeling, you can have a feeling about something, but to write your feelings into laws is not, you know, is, is a violation of our human rights. Exactly. And um, so, and it's happening mm-hmm. and it's happening more. Um, you know, it's like, it feels like, I mean, I really do. I really, really truly believe when people talk, when I talk about social issues, you know, everything is, everything is a uh, social change is like a, is a pendulum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been. You know, it's always been from from the liberal, you know, late 60s to 70s into the conservative 80s back in, you know, and we're just experiencing a reaction. We're experiencing a a um, a emotional reaction from a very loud minority who is upset that they're dying off. Mm -hmm. And so are their beliefs, but they're loud and they're angry. 
Mm-hmm. So I believe we're going to swing back and we're going to swing back more beautifully than we ever did. Mm-hmm. But we have to fight. You know, we have to. Yeah. I really try to always work from love. I try not to get too bogged down in mm-hmm. fear because it only works against you. Right. Um, you know, it, it's like throwing gas on a fire. It's never going to do any good. Exactly. Um, you know, a couple but, of months ago, I had the opportunity, and, and those who listen to the podcast um, will remember me talking about this before, but I think it's poignant where we are right now in this conversation. I had the opportunity to see Jesse Williams speak, um, Dr. Avery from Gray's Anatomy, and he said one, well, he said many things that were great, but the one that consistently sticks out in my mind is when he's talking about Black Lives Matter and the people saying all lives matter. He said, my response to those people is, Please tell me a point in time in the history of humanity when all lives mattered, because it's never been. Right. It's never been. (laughs) And as we sit here in this place that we're in, um, as hard as it can be at times, it's, it's simply what he said. We're in a moment where people are trying to say that all lives matter, but yet, no, there's so many ways that people are saying, no, your life doesn't matter. Mine does, because this is my belief, and this is my, my way of showing up in the world. And if we can just realize that this is a metamorphosis we're going through, it's a consciousness state, uh, at least that's my opinion, that's where I come from in this, that we're just going mm-hmm. through this. And it may be, it may seem like one of the toughest times that we've ever been through, but I don't believe it really is. We have to kind of look back through history and go, think of all the other stuff. And who knows? We don't know where we're headed. Sure, it could become one of the toughest times, but it always cycles through. And I think for those like you who do this beautiful work and now are being thrown, as you say, quote unquote, into the streets, it's time for conversations like this to happen and go, let's let's be real about why this is okay. Because it can be okay mm-hmm. for a straight white guy to say, I'm going to go hook up with a nice little, you know, quote, Philly, and that's okay. And we're going to pay her for that because we're white, straight men, and this is what we get to do. Yeah. And you put it down, the shoe on the other foot. Oh, no, that can't happen. You can't talk yeah. about this being a spiritual experience. You can't talk about this being something that actually therapeutically helps someone. You can't talk about it being something that helps somebody feel safe in a space. It's complete bullshit. And this is why I think we're in this space of you can't be this hypocritical. We are tired of hypocrisy. And so much of what's happening now is it's all about the hypocrisy of beliefs and value systems that is causing this all to bubble to the surface. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I mean, it is like it is as if people's approach, so many people's approach to sex is that sex is so powerful and so important that it must be avoided Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, and restricted like it's rather than celebrated, Mm -hmm. we have to protect, you know, it's dangerous. It's so powerful. It's dangerous. No, it's not. I mean, it's, you know, it's powerful. It's the most, and, and actually, and actually that's, that's another thing too. That's one of the, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I sort of, I despise people on that end, but then I also, I hate it when somebody says it's just sex. Mm-hmm. I hate it when somebody puts just before sex and I'm like, nothing is just like sex. Don't ever put just before sex because it's so powerful. It's yeah. so important. So like, don't negate it. <laughs> so I'm going to go somewhere I've never gone. I've never said this on the air, but I was a just sex guy. It's just sex. Uh-huh. Yeah. And 
it took me a long time to break from that. Now, for those mm -hmm. of you listening, you can probably remember why I talk about this because in my marriage to my ex-wife, my little dalliances outside of that relationship, I always saw them. It's just sex. There's nothing happening here. And then once I realized this was part of me getting to where I needed to be to raising my own consciousness, my own awareness of who I really was and coming out of the closet, then I kind of carried that forward into my gay life. And then I started being hypercritical of anybody who was like having sex and flinging it around. I'm like, wait, wait, wait you're being a big old hypocrite here, Rick. And then as things started to progress and I got in a relationship and, you know, we started exploring different things and it became, well, it's just sex. I realized, no, it wasn't just sex. It was about, mm -hmm. this is about connection. This is about, mm -hmm. and no matter what it is or who it's with, between me and my husband, it's more than it's just sex. It's about a relationship. It's about how being honest and about being forthright. And so many people don't get to this space. In fact, I had a client say to me the other day, and he's been struggling and, and he's not having an easy way out to his out life. And his mm -hmm. spouse, wife, said, mm -hmm. you know, if it was just about the sex, I'm sure we could make this work. And he goes, you know, I got to thinking about it. Maybe it is just about the sex. And I said, you know, but is it really? It's not just about the sex. Because if it was just about the sex, you wouldn't be doing this work. There's something yeah. else that's taking you to want to be in this space, to be who you are, to say, I want a relationship with a man, to wake up each morning and, and to go through the struggle of coming out and then going through the challenges that it takes anybody through of, now how do I start to date someone of the same sex and how do I fit in the gay community and blah, 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 blah. It's not just sex. It's about right. being you. Yeah. And so I, would just, I just wanted to say, because I, I found this, I, um, two months ago, I had, um, I had a first, I had a, a husband and wife as clients. Mm -hmm. And um, it was all about the husband, really. I mean, in terms of um, the wife shared with me that her husband told her a few years ago that he just, he was interested in exploring touch and intimacy with a man. Like, he doesn't want to, like, leave her. He doesn't want to be with men. But he, he wants, he really needs to experience that. He, he needs that energy. So after lots of talking and finding me, you know, browsing all kinds of ads and so forth. And they found me and reached out. It took some time for us to connect, but we finally did and, um, and had the most amazing time. I was a little anxious going into it as having a woman in that space. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, they were both just such beautiful, amazing human beings. I got really emotional at times, just being in the presence of two people who loved each other enough that they could be honest mm -hmm. without fear you know, and, um, you know, and we had a great time. It got very, it got nice and erotic and so forth. But in the end though, he said, you know, as much as the erotic stuff was really awesome and things that he had thought about, he said, just, especially in this hyper toxic masculine sort of time that we live in. And, uh, the fact that, you know, few of us, you know, were lucky enough to have a, have a father who was, um, emotionally or physically intimate with us, you know, um, that just being able to just hold each other, in just in just a, a simple intimate way and without having to separate without having to make that touch you know hard and rough like like you know like men feel often need to do heterosexually defined men often need to do just being able to have that intimacy was the most transformative thing mm -hmm. um and something he needed and it just made me think i was like you know i think even men who don't identify as gay or bi or have you know who, who claim to even have any interest in in intimacy with a, with another man 
still need that. Oh, absolutely. Because we did not get it, you know. Right. Um, In and general, I'm actually, I'm actually very, I'm very encouraged, very encouraged that actually it's becoming sort of a thing. Like even straight guys will talk about like cuddling with their friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's awesome. You know, like, there needs to be more of that. You know, a couple of months ago, I was actually um, at World Domination Summit, which is a beautiful, I don't even know, the way, I guess the best way to explain it is, it's a summit about community service and adventure where people are living unconventional lives and sharing their truest selves with other people. It's not a BDSM thing. Most people are like, oh, wow, you're going to do some kinky thing. No, (laughs) World Domination Summit is truly about how do we dominate the world through community adventure and service. And I did a meetup um, entitled Men and Masculinity in a Me Too World. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've had doing the work I do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of these guys before they showed up. I, I think I knew two of the guys that came, my husband and one other friend of ours. And I could tell by the makeup of the group and by the end of the hour, I wish we would have had even more time, but by the end of the hour that most of these guys had never done anything quite like this before. They'd never stood in front of another man and said, the thing that makes me feel most masculine is the thing that makes me feel least masculine is the person who Mm. taught me the worst about being a masculine man is. And the person who taught me the most, I mean, these were heartfelt things. In fact, one of the exercises I did when we first um, started the circle was I said, say your name. So I just had everybody go around the circle, just say their name. That's always just your name, nothing more. And then I went back around the circle and said, okay, now I want you to say your name, but I want you to say it in the most masculine way that you can. And then we went around the circle again and I said, now I want you to say your name in the most feminine way that you can. And they, by then they thought, okay, we're probably done with this whole thing. And then I said, <laughs> and now I want you to go around the circle and say the first name that comes to mind that you would have if you were a woman. And you could just <clears throat> feel the tension suddenly hit. It's like, oh my God. But they did it. And that was the moment that I knew, okay, we can now step in. Because they, they mm. had given themselves that permission, and there's so much beautiful work in this arena to do. And this is why I love the sort of stuff that you're doing, Lance, because it does create a platform for people to come step in, to be held in a space that is safe. And for anyone who mm-hmm. judges this kind of work, I beg you, I really beg you to just think about what's the work you need and where would you go find it? if you really needed something that somebody's going to say, I can't believe you're going to do that kind of work because no matter what it is, somebody's going to criticize you for going to get the help you need. So Lance, I'd love to just ask one question here before we wrap up. Um, And first of all, just thanks so much for being here. But um, if you could leave some advice for, I mean, you've given such beautiful stuff already, but a piece of advice for anyone who may really be struggling to live life on their terms um, or someone who's like, I really want to do my thing. And, and they're just scared because I know throughout what you've created for yourself, the life you've created and the work that you do, there's been some bold moves. There's been some unleashing yourself to go live life on your terms. But if you could leave a piece of advice, what would you like to leave the listeners with? Well, one of my favorite quotes is everything you're looking for is just outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really what it's all about is, um, we have to, we have to, we have to encounter our fears. Um, you know, there's certain fears that are, that are there to keep us from 
you know, physically hurting ourselves. Right. But the majority of our fears in life are, are purely emotional and they really stem from just a fear of change, sticking with what's safe, what's comfortable mm-hmm. and, 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 and not being too vulnerable. Um, but your greatest joy is going to come once you allow that vulnerability into your life. And once you escape, um, the redundancy of, 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 of safety and, uh, and, and, um, and, and really just find like, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're truly not happy with your place in life, whether it's your job or whether it's your relationship, you know, this is, this is your one and only life. You know, this is it. You don't, I mean, you know, I believe in, I, you know, I believe in um, reincarnation, but I'm not going to know it. Um, so make that change. I mean, make that change that you need to make to make yourself happy. It's, it's not worth, um, you know, never, never should the unsatisfactory be more comfortable than the joy that's potentially ahead of you. Mm. You know, no relationship that's bad is worth saying in just because, you know, just because you have a house and because you have a family, if you can't make it work, you know, um, make that change. Mm-hmm. Everybody's everybody's going to be better off before it, not just you. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way you're going to have a legacy to give to the world too. Yeah, is by having an abundance. Like I always say, you have to your cup has to be overflowing in order for you to have anything to share with others. Mm. I feel like we just got taken to church as we wrapped up everything. <laughs> yeah. Praise the baby Jesus. And praise it. So, well, hey, brother, I really appreciate it. For those of you who are listening, all the information to connect with um, Lance and see the work he does and to follow him will be on the show page. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who took took the time to listen and to really open their hearts to understanding there's lots of different ways that people come to the work and do the work and go on to be thriving human beings. So the next time you think you want to criticize someone for the work that they do or the kind of help that they go get or where they may go get that help, remember, if it makes them a better human being and makes them more capable of loving and living their life on their terms and contributing to the planet, then that's truly what it's all about. So thanks again, Lance, for being here. I really appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. It's been awesome. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments if you like and if you believe in this podcast and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a rating review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. And I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.